This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey up, it's the No Near Never podcast, with your host, Jamie Smith. Hello and welcome to this week's No Near Never podcast, I'm Jamie Smith. Adam and James are with me for this week's show. Um, a bit to go through, we're coming towards the end of the season, obviously, um, so we'll talk about some general season type stuff, and there's been some pretty awful news this morning, Stephen Reid announced his retirement. I don't know how we're going to do without him next season. And apparently Ross Wallace is going to leave at the end of his contracts as well. So a pretty dark day for the club. We'll come back to those a little bit later. But we'll start by talking about the, the game at the weekend. A 0-0 draw with Stoke. We'll keep this quite brief because I don't think there was really much to mention. James, it wasn't really much of a game, was it? Very end of season feel. No, I was... I was mulling it over thinking what I was going to say on the podcast earlier when I got home from work and, and had a quick shower and um, I quickly realised I can't really remember anything about it which kind of sums the game up I think the first, I, I actually quite enjoyed the first half hour I think when you get to this stage in the season and there's nothing to play for from both sides it takes the shackles off a bit doesn't it I felt like it's quite clear that the pressure was off our lads and we started really positively it's just we had a couple of shots on target yeah. didn't score and then seemed to lose confidence again I thought in particular obviously Kieran Trippier had a really good game um, yeah, I thought he was sensational you know which is probably not what we wanted to be honest now now we're down it's like just keep it quiet Trips you know <laughs> don't throw your attention to yourself um, yeah, first half hour Trippier was absolutely brilliant defensively we were good again and if you want to pick positives out that's back to back clean sheets which has got to be a good thing but scoring goals fantastic usual, fantastic. another problem Back to back clean sheets with Trippier and Heaton both in my side. Um, but <laughs> that's the important thing. <laughs> right, it's a this, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, I think after the first half hour, it just it petered out a little, and you know, Stoke didn't really look like they wanted to to do much, and you know, we didn't really seem to offer anything in the way of cutting edge. I think you know, particularly early on, like you said, the first half hour, there's quite a few chances there, and I think the one where we had sort of had three goals of it goes at it and the last one's Ben me trying to drill a low ball in I think once we couldn't manage to get that on target you know in the net um, that sort of felt like the point where you thought well maybe not much is going to come with this game yeah Jack, Jack Butland was busy for probably about a 10-15 minute period but after that the the fizz sort of went out of our attacks I feel um on last week's podcast, we talked about whether Dash would mix it up a bit with his team selection, and we came to the conclusion that he probably wouldn't. It was the same again, as you'd expect. Having seen what was quite a dull game, was it not a good opportunity to play some others? Freddie Overstad came on for his debut at the end. Yeah, you would have thought maybe it would have been nice to to mix it up, you know. But I think particularly, um, you know, play someone like Michael Cartley. Obviously, we did see come on and probably didn't really do a lot but I think that was maybe more a symptom of the game at that stage that by that point it had petered out to basically being two sets of 11 men standing on a field um, <laughs> but you would have thought when Michael Cartley's someone you'd think would play a big part next season um, you would have thought you'd maybe be trying to get him starts towards the you know the end of this season Um 
And I think he's particularly been one this season has been disappointing because, you know, he was heavily involved last year. We've not seen a lot of him this year. And it felt like, you know, his work rate was great last season. But towards the end of the season, you were starting to get what you expected from Michael Carter, you know, a few goals here and there. Um, and you would have really thought it would have been nice to try and build on that in the Premier League. But as it's happened, you know, he spent a lot of time on the bench. So um, it would have been nice to, you know, see more of him. Yeah, it's a funny one, Kyle. I mean, I've, I've been someone who's argued for him to get a game recently, but I thought he was really bad in the last half hour, so I was more annoyed at Kylie for, for not doing anything to prove me right and just made me look like a bit of an idiot. <laughs> Bring you in, Adam. It was just end of season game, no tempo. Stoke, I think, knew that if they got they were after a draw, weren't they, to secure a place in the top ten, I think. It's just one of those matches where nothing really happened and Everyone like me who paid 35 quid to go and watch it just felt a bit daft by the end. Yeah, I'm not sure that we could have really expected much more from it. Um, it just seems to be the, the consensus, the overwhelming consensus seems to be that um, it was just a dull game and there was not really any point anyone being involved, including the players. Um, we seem to have uh, a go at the players or there's a critical edge to this, some of this talk about the, the game, but I don't think you can really blame them um, for, for not really being... Um, it not being really that exciting a game. If, if you you go to work and you yeah, there's no no promotion on the cards or there's no like end goal at, at the end of the day, um, then then it's very hard to do anything. Um, I suppose there is the incentive that the club gets like a, a million or so more if if we finish off the bottom. Um, so so there is that. But yeah, I don't think you can expect that much more of it. Yeah, maybe I think. It's- when I was thinking about the game, I thought it's it's difficult to tell which of the players are just tired from playing so many games. I think maybe Boyd comes into that category. It's difficult to see which ones don't have any confidence after it being a bit of a slog for the last few months. Maybe Arfield comes into that category, especially since he had to play central midfield. But then I, I did feel second half in particular, there were players who just weren't putting in enough effort and Sean Dyche is all by his, his maximum effort is minimum requirement thing and I don't think there was really enough of that on show it was a bit disappointing and it's no surprise that probably about half the crowd went home rather than staying for the the lap of appreciation thing which in itself is a bit daft when we've been relegated I suppose yeah, well, didn't didn't it take an an age for them to actually come out again? It so, did. And, it did. I wasn't going to mention it actually, but Andy Devaney was very angry in his Twitter feed. I tell you, I was I was sitting here like. Just reading it. it. It's a strange one because apparently it's James probably knows more about this than me, but apparently it is Premier League requirement to do the press within a certain time. But also, uh, someone mentioned that the Manchester United game, the players just stayed out and did their lap straight after the game. So I don't understand why we couldn't have done that. It does seem to me a bit wrong to make fans wait 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. I think it was that long. Especially and after go such, and do the press instead. Like, well. Exactly. What did Dash go and talk to the media about? There was literally nothing to say. And then the, the post match comments, the main thing that got picked up was that he said Danny Ings was going to leave the club. It's like, oh. really? <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, he actually did the, the written press after the lap. Well, that makes me feel much better. <laughs> so Andy's listening, going, oh, well, that's fine then. Yeah, I think it was TV you had to do because it's like contractual, isn't it? I don't know why the players had to wait for him. Though. The players could have walked around and he could have just like, jogged around and come up. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we'll move on from the Stoke game because, honestly, <laughs> it's just too grim to think about how bad it was. I was quite angry, actually. I'm surprised we found, we found like five minutes of content. To, uh, to yeah, we did quite well, though. He's not out there, is there? Well, we mentioned Danny Ings just briefly there. This is the part of the podcast where every week we talk about Danny Ings and his future. It was confirmed at last that he is going to leave the club, which is probably the worst kept secret in football. Liverpool still seem like the most likely. Um, no, it, it wasn't. He wasn't confirmed to leave the club. It was confirmed that it was expected that he was going to leave. Like, oh, sorry, I've jumped the gun there a bit. Yeah, he actually said he's going to continue his development, but probably not here. It looks like. <laughs> like thanks for that, John. Bloody hell. Breaking news. Anyway, Danny Ings. Although it was, uh, it's difficult to read too much into these things, but was it indicative of Ings leaving that it was Trippier he was walking around with at the back of the the lap, or was that just a case of them being good mates? 
Conspiracy. Conspiracy. <laughs> it is a bit of a conspiracy. Breaking news. It did seem a bit of a farewell, certainly for me, because I don't know if it's projection, because we knew that Ings was going to be leaving, but it seemed like Trippier was maybe saying goodbye as well. Kieran Trippier expected to leave the club. Breaking news. <laughs> Trippier has had some quotes in the press that seem to suggest he's staying. Someone said he referred to the club as we or something it's like yep it's, said, um, <laughs> it's like saying Ings cares about the club because he posts on Instagram wearing a Burnley <laughs> shirt I love that I did love that um, Trippier said if we can keep most of the squad together we've got a good chance something oh, along those lines we've got a good chance if, if Kieran Trippier stays I would say yeah. so, he, so he did and I have heard that he, he's very keen to stay but It'll depend, won't it? It'll depend what opportunities are on the table. Uh, he's a northern lad, isn't he? He's not going to want to go far. Um, yeah, I, I think that's true. I think he's quite settled up here. But I imagine that his agent will be like, could make this much more, that much more. Um, well, there's that. and I, I don't think it's exaggerating to suggest he's got a chance of playing for England. And... No, I think he could. But the, I think the issue for Kieran Trippier now is um, he's, he has to be really careful about his next move. Um you know, as a striker, maybe you can get away with a little while not starting every game um, because you can be used as an impact player. That's but I think as a right-back... Playing as a defender, that's pretty much it, isn't it? You're probably yeah, not if you're not playing right-back, you're not coming on. So, you know, barring injury. And yeah. it I'd agree something injury. suggesting Southampton might be interested if Klein left, which would probably be a good move, but I agree with you. I'm not sure if he'd be too keen on going down south although they might have European football to offer as well so you never know yeah basically there's a lot of factors there isn't there <laughs> <laughs> yes those damn variables damn variables basically we know nothing yeah we know absolutely we never claim to be hashtag ITK no 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 we just talk about what we think uh, coming back to Ains he actually said something about um, abuse on social media which I think we've touched on on the podcast before but it's the first time Ings has talked about it. he said something about um some of the comments were hurtful which i suppose you, you could argue that he's a professional football and he's got to get used to these things but i have seen some of the things that have been said and i did think they were unfair especially stuff about his commitment and his professionalism i think that's i do think people cross the line but does he just have to expect that and get on with it i think a little i think it sounds like he did the right thing, to be honest, and turned his notifications off. But at the same time, a lot of it is very unfair. And you know, he's he's a you know he's a reasonably young lad, younger than me, um, which is really really depressing. <laughs> footballers are meant to be younger than me. That's not right. Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to be footballers. We don't want to break that to you. I've still got time. <laughs> well, it's obviously, I think there's a point, isn't there, where you look up to footballers the whole time as being like older than you, etc. And now I'm getting to the point where star footballers for my team can be younger than me. I'm not prepared for that that age. But um, I'm gonna have to get used to it. I'm afraid. Yeah, it's just the segment of the No Name Ever podcast called James has a midlife crisis <laughs> in his what, early twenties. Quarter life crisis. Quarter, yeah, quarter life crisis. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it, he's shown that maybe sensitive. Uh, yeah, sensitive. I mean, I think you saw it a little bit in his whole celebration. You know, the the emotion that came out in that. And to be honest, I can imagine that having some of the stuff, like some of the stuff was definitely crossing the line. Um, you know, there's stuff there where, you know, questions whether he's, he's trying his hardest. And you can almost be like, well, that's a very subjective measure, isn't it? You know, he's not playing very well. Is he trying? Yeah, and I think like... Say, if you... Maybe he should be hardening up to that. But when people are like, you know, basically saying he doesn't, he should give his shirt to someone who gives a, you know, gives a damn, etc. Yeah, people I, saying that we should just not play him. It's like, have you seen the players we've got on the bench? Do you really want to watch <laughs> Djokovic and Slaudel for the rest of the season? Like, like, just think yeah. about what you're saying for a minute. People are like saying release him now and you, <laughs> you know, dropping the sea bomb about him and, and things like that, which you know that is definitely crossing the line. He's a really the thing is as well. Is if you go online and abuse Danny Ings, is that going to make him want to try harder? Is he going to read that and go, "Oh, actually, yeah." Also, what are you going to get out of I it? I could be trying harder. I think the issue is like Twitter's now where people say the stupid stuff they would have previously said in the pub that wouldn't <laughs> be recorded. You know, yeah, like the post-game frustration of 
I'm just going to rant and rave, and most of it doesn't make any sense. Now, if people aren't doing that in the pub, they're doing it online, it sort of stays, doesn't it? And especially if you put the person's hat in, um, sort of just to stick the knife in. But, you know, I don't think people can really question him. He, he seems like a, you know, really nice lad. I've only spoken to him, I think, like once or twice, but he, he's apparently carrying on that disability scheme, even when he leaves, and he'll continue to fund it. Um, That's good. And I don't think you get many players who you know are going to leave a team and continue to fund a scheme in that area. You know, particularly when it's run through that club. Yeah, I think it's it's worth pointing out how good an ambassador he's been for the for the area. Really, I think we've been lucky to have him for for a young player to be not just a star player, but also such a grasping for the right word, but an icon really. And someone that everyone can look up to. He's been a very good role model, I feel, and I think we should really praise him for that as well as all the effort he's putting on the pitch. Obviously, his goals helped us promotion last year. He scored ten goals this year, which is twice as many as anybody else. I think his contribution's been fantastic, and I certainly wish him all the best. I think Liverpool would be a good move for him. To be honest, I don't think you can really doubt the value for money. Uh, you know, we've got out of the- oh, absolutely, and we're probably well, still going to get like, five million or something in the summer for him. Yeah, you know, we'll get a reasonable tribunal. I mean, you said that his goals got us to the Premier League. He scored twice as many as any other player. You know, that's all going to get factored in when you go to a tribunal, and it's going to be obviously seen as a big loss to us. So, um, you know, and and with his off the field stuff, I think it's almost a throwback to you know how the the more well off in society used to sort of help people more than they perhaps do on the whole now. Um, so when people have tweeted that he's selfish, you can probably see why he's been upset about that when you know, he's done the things he has. He's done a lot more than any other player at the club in terms of giving I think that was true. time I'm, and money. It's difficult though, isn't it? Because a, a, lot of pe- a lot of people, a lot of footballers do stuff, but it doesn't necessarily go in the press. I'm not saying that Ings only did it for PR reasons, but I think a lot of the things Ings did... Yeah, it's it, up in the I, newspapers. I think probably the, just because he was our, our star player and the best known. But it, it doesn't mean that others aren't doing similar things. Yeah, and particularly because he's launched a scheme with his name to it. Yes, exactly. Obviously, you know, any of the players, you know, could have done something similar, but it just happened to be that's what you know. And by all accounts, it sounds like he put a lot of effort into, you know, getting that off the ground. So, you know, full credit to him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, moving on from Ings, Ings is going, so he's basically dead to us now. Who's going to replace Danny Ings? Let's talk about that for a while. Um, obviously, there are options within the squad, perhaps not particularly good ones. Marvin Sodell, Lucas Jokovic, <laughs> without a goal between them this season. Is it possible that they were signed with half an eye on the championship season next year? Is that possible, or is that another conspiracy? Surely we've not signed Sodell thinking he was going to score goals in the Premier League. Surely. Well, it's actually quite comforting to think that was the logic behind it, because at least then... <laughs> it's like, oh, bless. <laughs> well, well, at least in the Championship, he's actually likely to get a goal. Well, more likely, at least. So maybe maybe that was the case. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't the, know. The difficulty is you're not just taking away the main goal threat. If Trippier leaves, it's our main creative threat as well. Probably going to have to change a lot about the style. It's going to be a, a big rebuild, I think, in the summer. To be fair to Sodell, he did score a cracking goal against Spurs. Yeah. It was a very good goal. I mean, but it is only one. score one goal all season, you might as well make it a good one <laughs> in a cup game that we eventually lost anyway. Yeah, but okay. thanks for trying. I'd say, I'd say probably... <laughs> for trying. You just I'd... said thanks for trying about a footballer. That's probably the most insulting thing that you can say about... <laughs> At least I'm not saying he didn't try. <laughs> well, touche. Um, I think it probably is a conspiracy theory to say he's... He was signed with one eye on the championship. I think Dash has obviously worked with him previously and thought there was some untapped potential there um, and it's not quite worked out. Though, he hasn't really had much of a chance either, has he? So, so are we agreed that we're not just going to try and move forward with the four strikers that we've got? Surely we are going to try and sign someone. At least try and sign someone. I think, I think we'll probably try and sign someone, but I could, def- <laughs> I could definitely see... There'll I be a talking like- effort. I could definitely see Ashley Barnes and Sam Volks being a serviceable championship strike partnership. Yeah, I think it's we serviceable might... good enough though. I mean, surely we're going to be trying to get promoted, and I think Barnes and Volks are maybe a bit similar. Well, Sam Volks got us promoted last time, albeit with Danny Ings, and yeah, I think there's I think there's goals in those two. But I, again, it depends entirely on what you do with the midfield. Um, say you keep Kieran Trippier, 
you're probably just going to be as well served with those two up front who can both head the ball. Yeah, that's true. As, as anything else, because you know, um, sometimes you just need someone who can can head. I mean, how many goals did Gareth Taylor score not with his head? That's true. Chris Elmore as well, the start of the season under Brian Wells has scored an awful lot of goals than he from Ross Wallace Crotters. Yeah, so. so you can be quite productive in the championship with that sort of approach. I just think if you're gonna take twenty odd goals things scored in the championship, we're gonna to have to try and replace them with somebody coming in, I think that's gotta be number one on the agenda for me to go and get a goal scorer. Um Adam, you asked on Twitter the sort of players people were thinking of. You've got some of the responses, haven't you? Yeah, I uh, had a few people tweet in suggestions of varying quality, let's put it that way. Um, Richard Holm, whom? Apologies to whoever that is. Yeah, he he agreed with the piece that was on the site the other, other day, um, saying Adam LaFondra was a, a good shout. I think Tom Tom Farrar wrote that that piece. Yeah. That's quite a popular piece. Um, Callum Dickinson says um, Gary Hooper, if Norwich don't go up. Duncan Andrew says Joe Garner at Preston. Um, ben Redman said James Wilson on loan. James Pete um, thinks that Barnes and Vokes is a decent enough combo. Um, Michael Dopp said Ricky Lambert and Narky Wells. Um, I think we're if if we're <laughs> if we're aiming for those two, we've put our, our expectations a bit high. Um, Austin Littman from Warren. Um, I think he's a young Arsenal striker. Um, Connor Bailey says Andre Gray. Um, uh, Richard Meller says uh, Ross McCormack. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Ross McCormack was a joke since he moved for eleven million pounds. Yeah, time. but his value has depreciated <laughs> quite a lot. Um, I think, well, we'll sell him as a fan. <laughs> yeah. we don't want any of that talk around here. Scott Best says Balotelli. I'm glad we got some realistic answers. Yeah, and that's about it, really. That's a throwback, that, that section. We haven't read tweets out for a while. To be honest, with Balotelli's That's why, after some of those suggestions. <laughs> with Balotelli's offering this season for Liverpool and how much they paid, he's probably in our price range now. <laughs> well, yeah, well, his wages as well, and I'm not sure he'd... It would be good fun. I'm sure the, the press guys would love having oh, Balotelli. He'd, he'd be great to Stoops, wouldn't he? <laughs> he'd probably buy Stoops and turn it into a playground or a theme park or something. <laughs> Anyway, some of, some of those names quite interesting. Some of them um, maybe not as interesting. James, any of them particularly leap out to you? Who would you be looking at if you were um, in the recruitment department at Turf Mall this summer? Not sure. Some of those tweets, I think, were a bit um, slim pickings, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, Ricky Lambert, anyone? <laughs> I think <laughs> Lambert wouldn't necessarily be a bad idea, but he is similar to the players we've got. And you're only going to get a year out of him, so I wouldn't see the. After what we've just seen happen to Reed and also Matt Taylor, yeah. I wouldn't be looking at any sort of journeyman type players. So I don't think you get enough out of them. I think strikers are always a really hard one to call, though, isn't it? Because you know, how often do you see a striker leave a club and turn awful or come to a club and suddenly be good again? Um, yeah. In fact, you can use one player for both examples Andy Gray. He'd gone awful. He came to us and was suddenly mercurial again, and then he left us and he went back to being pretty average. Yeah, I think strikers more than any other position. You either fit somewhere or you don't. Do you? And that's why Balotelli's not worked at Liverpool. He could go somewhere Torres. else and start buying them in. Torres at Chelsea, obviously, another high profile example. It's you know, it's funny how it works out. I think some of those names. I, I've been more interested in those. I think Andrea Gray's a reasonable shout. He seems to have developed a lot in the last couple of years under Warburton at Brentford. You're probably signing for about 10p as well. Well, I don't know. The valuations can be very strange. I think last summer we had the Ross, the Ross McCormack thing. Everyone was obsessed with going on about going, oh, the market's exploded because of Ross McCormack. It's like, pretty sure there's more factors in play than just one fairly good championship player moving for a lot of money I think Naki Wells is an interesting one if he was available I think we could have looked at him before I think you, you could look outside the championship as well last summer I, I'm sure I made a case for Callum Wilson and yes you can go back and say I said that at the time but anyone that Eddie Howe wants to buy I think is a pretty good starting point for a striker I think someone said in a comment on, on Tom's piece and Adam LaFondra that we should just 
get Eddie Howe to do some consultancy work for us in the summer. Find us a striker. I probably remember though that Eddie Howe bought Zavonheim, so he did, but he also bought Charlie Austin and Danny Ings, so and Brian Stock. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. overall so, his record was probably as good as any Burnley manager in certainly recent history. So a blind man could have bought Charlie Austin, can he? Well, he could have, but he it's might not have like he was fair, It's not like he's failed his medical. To the radar. <laughs> no, but it's it's not just pinpointing the players, is it? You've got to attract them to the club. And we know Burnley's not always the easiest club to sell to players, especially ones that are young and highly rated. Getting Danny Ings to come up to Burnley when there's so many clubs after him, I think that was a good coup. How about Jimmy Bedford? Yeah, that could work. Where is he at the moment? <laughs> It's just been released, hasn't he? It's just released, exactly, yeah. Free, even better. He's certainly in our price range if he's free. The problem with Beckford is that he's probably past his best, isn't he? The problem with Beckford is that he's been pretty much dire everywhere apart from Leeds and Preston. Yeah, it's. I, I, I'd hope we'd go for bigger than Beckford, to be honest, but... Yeah, like like you say, you never know. We could get someone who everyone thinks is going to be rubbish and they'll turn out to be amazing. We could imagine, sign someone everyone thinks is going to be amazing and they could turn out to be rubbish. Just imagine go. having Beck, Beckford and Sordell at your beck and call. Well, that would well, be a sight to behold. Th- th- there you've got two of the biggest transfer flops in recent history. You know, Beckford to Everton and Sordell to pretty much any club he's been to. <laughs> Speaking about transfer thoughts, maybe it's a good time to mention Stephen Radio, as I mentioned earlier, did announce his retirement. So oh. he, he, we got a good year out of him. I think he made seven appearances, about a game and a half worth of minutes in the end. And I think my conservative estimate is he's probably been on about 10 grand a week. So he's probably taken about half a million quid out of Burnley Football Club for that 150 minutes or so of action. Decent work if you can get it. That's over three grand a minute. I'm sure that makes everyone listening to the podcast feel pretty good about their salaries. <laughs> I think it's it's one of them, and it? it wasn't very inspiring at the time, and he didn't prove anyone wrong. I think he looked like someone who's going to come and make up the numbers, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, obvious comments on Twitter after he was announced his retirement was, "Did he not retire last summer?" <laughs> he's been doing so much media work in the last few weeks; it's been obvious that he's going to move aside. So probably won't miss him. Ross Wallace is a bit more polarisation about it, isn't there? There are people out there who like Wallace, believe it or not. I'm not one of them. <laughs> but he's he's been reasonable at championship level, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, uh, Ross Wallace, you know, has had his moments, you could say, and um, particularly as a substitute. I don't know if it's ever really been a particular, you know, particularly a, a role in the past of super left-footed right-winger sub. Um but he's managed to do that pretty well. It's, I'm always wary of people who carve out reputations as, as people who are just useful from the bench. Like, he's had a positive impact a couple of times, hasn't he? At Leicester, obviously, when he scored that free kick. Um, was it Villa, the game where he created two or three really good chances at the end? But I think overall, I, I wouldn't be making offers to players who were going to be on the bench every week. I think you might as well try and find someone younger and cheaper. Ross Wallace probably isn't on a fortune, but I think he's started maybe 10 games in the last two years. I don't think he should be keeping players who were that uninvolved. doesn't really seem like that long ago he signed his new deal. It was two years ago, wasn't it? He got a two-year deal and everyone was like, eh. Uh, there was a mix of people who were like, oh, I'm so glad we've you know locked Ross Wallace up for another two years. And then a few that were like, why have we just given Ross Wallace contract? Hope he that wasn't was actually locked up. Like, that explains why he's been so uninvolved, really. Personally, Not exactly I'd... so motivated if he's been locked up in between matches. Personally, I'm just disappointed we might never see Ross Wallace at left wing back. Well, I think that's the real. Maybe he'll go somewhere else and become a left wing back and prove you right. But yeah, probably set, probably set up a you know 94 minute winner at Turf Moor as well. Yeah, that's probably. Work, isn't it? You might, might go back to Preston if they get from that would be quite interesting. Especially when we beat them twice. <laughs> Six easy points to take them up, isn't it? Um, on, on the topic of Wallace, actually, we're walking through some old non-ever posts for <laughs> it's going to go on the side of the summer, and apparently I said something very complimentary about him. Which sounds very out of character, talking about how I'd always been a fan of him. It sounds 
extremely unlike me. I don't know what drugs I was on that week, but it's yeah. Yeah, we all reading that back going. We also unearthed where you where you <laughs> recommended buying Michael Owen at the time. I thought it was a genuinely good idea. <laughs> Is this when Michael Owen put out like his brochure? Yeah, <laughs> it might have been around that time. Yeah. Became an Avon saleswoman for himself. Yeah, it was like you, you were picking up a brochure for you know, a several million pound house that, you know, you got to have some like little bites to eat while you walk around it and ultimately everyone decided they hated it because the last person had done it in some dodgy period wallpaper. His, his problem was he was out of time. He just needed to put together a YouTube compilation. That's how players get deals these days, isn't it? Just yeah, but not... not <laughs> yourself look good in a five-minute clip and someone buys you. And he did... But, but none of him actually scoring goals, just stuff like him kicking a ball through the windows of a moving car. You know, just <laughs> straight through. <laughs> like that, you know, just little, little tricks. Yeah, that's what, that's what managers really want to see, isn't it? <laughs> just a, a good good showing on Soccer AM skill, Skills School and everyone loves you, or used to in 2006 when anyone actually watched Soccer AM. Remember Skills School? No, I was never no, I, I, To be honest, I think that was after I... Stop paying attention to really soccer, soccer, and yeah, showing your age there, Adam. I'm afraid. Yeah. It, it went well, bad. Uh, let me just clarify: I'm not a fan of soccer. AM as a TV <laughs> show. I feel like it's quite an insult. It, it went, it went majorly downhill when Tim Woodjoy decided that it'd be much better to present TV shows about bread. Remember when Tim Woodjoy insulted my shirt on Twitter? It's one of my main stories. That it was good times. A few years ago, and I'm still dining out on that story. Um, <laughs> should move on to. Um, what I'd planned to be the, the main feature in this week's podcast, although we are running a little bit out of time already. Um, I've been asked to do some player ratings for, for someone else, so I thought we could do that on the podcast as well. Bit of a useful someone else helping me to do my work. So there's 19 players, which is more than I was expecting. They've played more than 10 games in all competitions this season. So if we keep this brief between the three of them, we'll just rifle through them all. Brief comments if you want, but just a number out of 10. 10 obviously best, one being worse. We'll start with Tom Heaton. How do you think he's done overall? Am I, getting, am I getting three grand a minute for answering this? Uh, no, Two. a bit less than that. Zero pounds. <laughs> Zero pounds a minute. Tom Heaton, uh, eight. Eight. I was thinking seven, but you can make a case for an eight. Uh, yeah, I said seven, but I think... He kept a surprising amount of clean sheets for a team that had gone down. He did. I think I'd have given him an eight, but and he was sensational. He he did have some very good games, but I think I was going to dock him a point for the goal against Swansea, where he seemed to catch the ball on the line and carry it over the line. Can yeah. we have, by the I'm, way, sure. if you'd asked me that day, I would have said zero and never played <laughs> By the way, can we have a world of no sixes because six is a useless score for anything? It doesn't mean anything. It's either a five or a seven. That's just well, I might have to... out there. Re-edit mine. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to Kieran Trippier. Uh, eight? I don't know. I'm I was thinking of eight. Yeah, I'd say eight. Pushing it to a nine would be a bit far, I think. He's been very good in a lot of games. but Has he scored? I don't think he's scored, no. and he hasn't had that many assists, but that's possibly the fault of the strikers more than him, to so be honest. If he had a goal, I'd probably be thinking nine, but, but eight. Yeah. Eight. All right. Next... All agreed on eight for Kieran Trippier then. Next, Michael Duff. In and out of the side a bit. 7.5, can I have that? Oh. Seven, mm. <laughs> Make your own Seven. rules, you can do what you want. 7.5. It's higher than, I, I was going to give him a six before Adam banned me <laughs> sixes. Well, I'd say seven. Maybe if he'd played more, he, he could have been pushing on. Because he's been good. He's been... I don't know, it's hard to rate Duff, because do you rate him on people's expectations or... It, yeah, been, it's, it yeah, is difficult. I mean, for a 37-year-old defender, he's been very, very good. But for a Premier League defender, some games he's not been so good. Yeah, I mean, if he'd... But he did, when he came back in after Keane went out of the side, he did improve the, the defence so quite, quite a bit. Yeah, I think that was I think if, goals. if you'd asked this question before the season, I think a lot of people, not me, would have probably been saying, you'd be saying, like, free for Duff or something like that now. So... Yeah... I think uh, seven. <laughs> I thought you were going to say six. Like, no sixes. <laughs> All right. Six and seven is Michael Duff. Then Michael Keane, obviously, Duff came into the side for him. I think we were all agreed at the time that it was the right thing to do at the time. Keane's obviously one for the future. But how would you rate his performances this season? 
I'd say seven. I was thinking of six for Keane as well. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh overall, Adam. But I'll have sixes. Uh, see, this is where the, the no sixes rule really challenges you. Cause well, you, you just introduce the rule. Six I'm, is quite uh, safe. It's, it's I mean, a good thing it's yeah. because you're either forced to make a decisive decision. Next up then, Jason Shackle, the captain, who is a lot of people's player of the year. We'll, we'll do that next week on the podcast, I think. But what about Shackle? I'm going to say seven. I went for seven and thought I was maybe being a bit harsh. No, I'd say seven. Uh, 7.8. And there was something actually he did on that really annoyed me. Um, I can't remember what it was now. There was something on Saturday. (laughs) There was definitely something on Saturday that he did. I was just like, that was not a Jason Shackle thing today. I thought it was... I thought he was very good on Saturday. On the whole, yeah, it was pretty good. Apart from the the one unspecified occasion when he really annoyed you. Yeah. Much. Excellent. Right, let's move on to Ben Mee. Can I give Ben two separate ratings? Why? Oh, oh, for attack and defence. I yeah, thought this for, was going to be really simple, but apparently it's one, one for attack, one for defend. Because going forwards, he's been very solid. Nice seven. <laughs> but defending, he's had his moments, hasn't he? Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd go with a five for this one. On the whole, I'd say he's been solid. But... Oh, it's quite interesting what you just said, because I think... I don't expect anything of me going forward, so I think he's done all right, but I still think he's much better defensively, although he has had some real shockers. Yeah, I think he's been, I think he's been, he's obviously not a Kieran Trippier going forwards. No. But he's... Well, he is a converted centre-back, so you wouldn't expect him to be. You know, he puts a reasonable cross in, um, he gives decent support, so I think going forwards is, you know, probably a seven, exceeds expectations. Um, but defensively, there's just been the odd game where it seems like everything's come from his side. Um, yeah. Leicester away was definitely one. Yeah. Where he looked pretty suspect for the first goal. But then there's been some games where, you know, he's been fantastic. And obviously yeah, every now and then he throws in every now and then he throws in the classic Ben Me throw my face in front of the ball. <laughs> Which is and, the sort of thing Burnley fans do love to you see. Know, yeah. Saves a game, probably severely concussed himself. But so has he got what, any what, brain cells left at this point? In time? <laughs> it's not it, it, So, what are we thinking for Van Meelen? Sixes? Uh, yeah, it probably averages out to six, doesn't it? Okay. Moving on then, um, the other left back at the club, Stephen Ward. I'm a big fan of Stephen Ward. I think he's done very well when he's been inside. He's not played enough for me, to be honest. I've given him an eight. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that possibly personal bias? Well, maybe a little bit, but I think when you look at the results when he's been in the side, I think we've been more solid at the back and he's done very well going forward, I think. Yeah, six. You can, only, you can only judge him on what he's played and his points per game ratio, my favourite stats, through the roof. Six. When Stephen Ward plays, we win. That's the fact, <laughs> almost. Six. Well, we're, we're aiming for almost facts. Six. Um, okay, you're going six. I'll go, I'll go seven too. Okay, I was splitting the difference on that one. On to midfielder Michael Kiteley, who I think we all expected to play a bit more than he has, is that fair to say? He's maybe been a bit underused by Sean Dyche. I think he's been hard done by. I can't really remember. Like... He's, like, he's like the Kevin Peterson of Burnley Football Club. Oh, God, let's <laughs> <laughs> No one's ever called him that before. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm genuinely struggling to remember how he's done when he's been on because it seems. He's had some very good games. He was outstanding really at Stoke. Good. I thought he was Stoke very good at Man United. He's quite good he at could Newcastle. do it on a cold night at Stoke, can't he? <laughs> well, it's he's, it's he's a wonder just... Stoke got rid of him if he can yeah. do it on a cold night at Stoke. Um, I gave him a five, but only because he's not played enough. <laughs> what? That's not his fault, though. Well, Stephen, Stephen Ward gets an eight because he's not played much, but he's been great. Kite yeah. gets a five for not playing much. I think Ward's played well when he's played, and Kite's been mixed. Hashtag Smith logic. There's some good ones coming up. I'm excited to see what you say. <laughs> I'm going right. to give it a six. Speed it up a bit. And Kylie, sixes? Yeah, six. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Scott I, Arfield. I just said I can't remember. Scott Scott, Scott Arfield, Arfield James Bird insists as a central midfielder spot all the evidence to the contrary. And yeah. I, I said central midfielder. I didn't say Premier League central midfielder. <laughs> League one central midfielder, maybe. I went for a five just because I think he started the season very well but tailed off quite badly and I think he's been really quite dodgy the last few weeks I, I think he lost a lot of confidence when he missed that penalty yeah I think that's true 
So um, say since that was quite early in the season, five possibly. Five, yeah, five again. David Jones. Ooh. Um got a lot of stick recently actually. Um Yeah, I think that's unfair really, because I think he's missed Dean Marnie a lot. Yeah. Um I'm gonna give a seven. I, I think he's six. I think he's, uh, yeah, he's I'm gonna well. go for a six, breaking my own rule again. He he moves the ball well, but I think um like Brian Stock, there's a, a strategy. Safe, isn't it? a there's, safe. A, there's a very there's a very good strategy to play in him, which is basically hustling. Yeah, because uh, he hasn't really got a right foot. Yeah, in a two-man midfield, it's quite easy to explain, isn't it? What's the strange comment about Jones at the weekend? Someone said that Jones had played badly because all his passes were two-hour players, but safe and sideways, and they praised Scarfield for trying to pass it forward, even though he kept giving it away. It's like surely it's better to play a safe pass that works. You have to play it forward sometimes, but if you're just going to give it away, what's the point? Anyway, getting off topic, Dean Marnie, his injury was obviously a pivotal moment in the season. He's done all right, hasn't he? Ten. Yeah. Ten. He's gone for a ten. <laughs> just, because, just because we stay up, don't we, if we, if we keep Dean Marnie? Possibly. I mean, it's it's into the realms of hypotheticals. I think we had a much better chance if he'd stayed for it. It's like we're but, like, down... He's not going to score any goals, is he? It's like we were cruising down the M65 and suddenly our engine block just dropped out the bottom of our car. That was a very good analogy. So, <laughs> tens for Dean Marnie then. <laughs> You're going to balance that score out about him? Uh, I'll go with an eight. Because <laughs> it may be a bit high, but... Uh... I feel bad about my six then. What about Ross Wallace? He only just sneaked in on the ten appearances rule. Most of them were from the bench. I suppose you could give him a couple of extra points that free kick against Leicester. He won us a point, which is more than quite a lot of the players. Yeah, 12 just for that free <laughs> <laughs> Um, Five. I'm going to get five. Yeah, I was thinking of five. A, ser- a serious one, a four. Ooh, brutal. Is that the first four so far? Yeah. He's, he's really dining out on that free kick, isn't he, to be honest? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Next one. This is a really tricky one today. George Boyd is a bit of a fan's favourite, but Ooh. I think everyone would agree. He's Ten. been in Ten. dodgy form recently, surely. Right. Best haircut, best runner. <laughs> All the important things. Runs a lot, has great hair. Um, Man, City, Man City goal. Can we Man do? Oh, was fantastic. Can we do next week on the podcast? Can we rate the hairstyles of? Well, it was <laughs> for the summer, season, weren't they? When Burnley were apparently the best-looking team in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, well Boyd were. certainly contributes to that thing. Anyway, scores for George Boyd. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> is this your new job? Is this your new Brian Stock? Very handsome. No, 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 I wouldn't say so. <laughs> okay, uh, George Boyd. I would go with. An, I'll go. With an eight, ignoring his recent form. Yeah, I'm going to go for eight as well. It seems fair. We'll just ignore all the times he's played badly. I'm, I'm going to say a seven for Boyd. Matt Taylor, obviously, uh, injury is difficult to see quite a lot. We've seen a bit more of him recently, but he did miss that penalty against Leicester. Five. Yeah, I've gone five. Yeah, I'll go five. <laughs> okay. Danny Ings, our leading scorer, but is leaving the club. Is that going to affect your ratings? Well, no, it'll, it'll affect, his form will affect um, the rating, but I'm just not sure what rating to give. Eight. Okay. I've, I've gone for an eight, I think. Yeah, he's, solid, he's had yeah. more chances, but I think without the goals that he did score, we'd have probably got rid of it. I think, I think he's had the, the season you'd expect for a young striker. Yeah. Yeah, he's been inconsistent. Maybe above he's had average. bad patches. Maybe above, above what you'd expect for a young striker coming into the Premier League for the first time. Especially given that he only had his real first full season for us last season, really. Yeah. So, I think I mean, he's going to be another one that you can file under, like Stephen Fletcher, where his next club he'll do really well for. Hopefully, his career doesn't fall away like Stephen Fletcher's. Yeah. Hopefully, um, he won't end up playing for Sunderland. <laughs> I think Stephen, Stephen Fletcher's career is at the bottom of the White Cliffs of Dover somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I feel a bit bad for him, but. Yeah, he needs to move around. Anyway, moving on to the rest of the strikers who haven't really um, scored many goals between them. Ashley Barnes first, scored five goals, I think. He's done reasonably well, but I always think he was the third-choice striker last season, and this year he ended up being second-choice striker, which seemed a bit backwards to me. Uh, seven. Yes, yeah, I'll go seven as well. Because when, when he first came back into the side... He did really well, and especially like performances yeah. like 
Man City, where he's fantastic at Man City. Yeah, harassed the, the defence, and then obviously you had the whole Chelsea debacle, which I think which he dealt with you, that quite well, really. Yeah, and that inflates your, I, your I, impression of him, anyway. I don't think you can really fault his grafting, can you? And no, and no. scored that goal at Spurs, which yeah, was that was another fantastic match. I gave him a six, but I might have to bump that up to a seven. Um, the other strikers, and we'll rattle through these quite quick because they haven't played much really. Sam Volks, it's been difficult for him, hasn't it, since he came back from injury? Yeah, four. He's four, not really. Yeah. Four, not really. Eight. I went for a five, but it was maybe a bit gracious there. Lucas Jukovic, this one could be interesting. <laughs> Which one do you want? Pre Southampton, uh, sorry, pre Sunderland at home or post Sunderland at home? Well, it's it's a season rating, isn't it? So overall, yeah, but I, I think I think the overalls are a bit harsh on his early season form. Well, I, th- I think early season he was doing okay, but he still wasn't scoring. So I'd say probably a six for early season and then a nothing for since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with a generous three. Yeah. I gave him a four and thought I was being generous. Yeah, I'm saying three. <laughs> what about Marvin Sordell then to round it off the last of the 19? Ten. <laughs> Marvel's Marv. Three. Same as Jokovic. Yeah, yeah, I gave him a four. So, overall, then, we're looking at quite a few sixes despite Adam's role. I think Trippier and, <laughs> Trippier and Ings were the two standouts shackled us behind. Is that a fair assessment of what we've just talked about? Yeah, and Tom Heaton as well. Yeah, Heaton's up there as well. Uh, do let us know if if you think we're way off on any of those. I'm sure my Stephen Ward rating will get some stick <laughs> from people who are listening to the podcast. Get in touch with any feedback or comments as normal. Email address is podcast at never. .net and you can tweet us at net as well. We'll talk about the last game of the season briefly then before we round off for this week's podcast. Villa away. Everyone thought it was going to be a game that had a lot riding on it, but Villa are safe and way down and they've got the FA Cup final to look forward to. So possibly another quite flat game. What, what do you think is going to happen, James? Um, it's hard to even motivate yourself to Talk about Don't know what the players are thinking. I'm killed to Villa. Particularly now you've played your last game of the season at home, it's kinda of like, well That's it, the dream's over, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Bad season in the sun, let's go back to the championship and you know, muddy yeah. just dark Tuesday nights. And again I think it'll be the same side, so there's not really any incentive for yeah, I think all, all their futures are pretty secure. I think they're all going to be here as long as they don't get bored. It's not I, like I'm going to go for the optimistic outlook, which is because they got drummed against Southampton and they're probably still thinking about the, the FA Cup rather than the league, um, that we, we're going to win 2 0. Two goals? Are you for real? <laughs> Um, that would take us to 29 for the season, which would still be pretty awful. Still recovering from that two-goal two shocker. Um, I think uh, it'll be a 1-1 draw, and Ings will get a goal. I think we might lose at the weekend, I'm afraid. I think they'll have got more going forward, I think. I've... <laughs> When you've got the cup final, I think it can work both ways, can't it? They might be just, a bit distracted by it, but some of the players might be playing for their place, so I don't, I don't know what to expect from Villa. Do you remember for a good half of this season, we had scored more goals than Aston Villa? Yeah. Oh, yeah, remember when they couldn't, they when couldn't they score could. for Toffee. They always had the players, though, don't they? I mean, Ben Teke is obviously a very good player, it's just he wasn't trying. You could, could have been stood in front of them with a submachine gun telling them you'd shoot them if they didn't score, and they wouldn't still have scored at that stage. Maybe we should try that. <laughs> Turn to violence, fine. Yeah. Maybe we will lose. It doesn't really matter anymore. I don't, I don't really care, to be honest. <laughs> Brilliant. What a fantastic way to round up. I don't really care. Well, you know what I do care about, though, is people liking oh, this podcast. Fantastic, fantastic segue. Go on. <laughs> liking this podcast. If you like the podcast, um, please consider um, leaving us a very kind review in iTunes. The last time we asked, we were distinctly average and were plagued with Skype recording troubles. Um, back when we when we recorded live, remember those days? Um, Whereas now we're at least above average and still plagued by Skype problems. And no longer, we're, we're recording dead as, as opposed to live. Um, <laughs> it's not technical to recording no, dead. No, it's definitely not. Uh, yeah, so 
if you want more quality content like that conversation me and Jamie just had, um, then please give us five stars on, on iTunes and tell your friends as well. Um, and if you ever disagree with anything we say, um, it might make it interesting if you email your really angry rants to us at podcast at nonanever.net. Um, address them to Jamie, obviously. Um, and then you can all... Uh, it's like a therapy session then. If you disagree, disagree with us, we might read your angry thoughts out on the next podcast. I don't really know why. I just asked for you to do that because it'll be horrific to read. Um, but, um, can you also subscribe to the podcast through you, iTunes? You can. You can uh, get it onto your personal mobile device, <laughs> generic <laughs> Android or iPhone or Windows phone if you're a pleb like Kevin. Um <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all the listeners who, who use Windows. Um, sorry to all you plebs out there using Windows. <laughs> Get a real phone. Um, yeah, we do have a special page um, that tells you how to subscribe and whatever if you're listening on the website or whatever. Um, I think it's nonanever.net forward slash how to listen, all one word, all one, like all completed into one phrase. Um, so, yeah, that'll give you all the information. Um, and then you can hear our wonderful voices more often. Okay, grand. Well, that all went stunningly well. That was a, a fantastic. I think I, I invited people to insult us and call people plebs. Yeah, yeah. You can read all those emails. I don't. I don't want to read them. Well, they're addressed <laughs> to you. So great. Thanks a lot. Jamie uh, at nonanever.net, Actually, <laughs> thanks. No, that's absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate you doing that. One final thing. Thanks to ever to our sponsor, Novel G, who make the site and the podcast possible. So thanks a lot to them for their support thanks to everyone who's listened as normal thanks to adam and james for joining me we'll be back next week for what might be the last podcast of the season we'll have to see if we can squeeze another one in before the summer but that is it for this week so thanks for everyone who's listened please do get in touch not necessarily with your angry letters but any feedback comments anything about the podcast please do give us a shout but that's it and we'll be back next week bye Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.